Hola mi gente, and welcome to the Latinx of Utah Valley podcast, where we discuss all things Latina OX. I'm your Peruana host, Mari Linares. And with me, I have Ali, hey. Destiny, hey, and Dino. What's up, everybody? So today we're going to be talking about identity with the Latinx community. Beginning with one of the famous Shakespearean quotes, um, what's in a name? How do you guys identify the term Latina, Latino, or Latinx? I, I see the term as something that is owned by us and is also not owned by us. And it's because it's a term that we've been given to work with. And so people have, people within our community, the many people within our community have worked with it in the best way possible as much as they know how, right? Like I still am not a fan of like homogenous terms, terms that try to like universalize an entire group of people who are so different. Like in, in this room right now, we are so different. We come from so many different positionalities, but it's the terms we have to work with. So I feel like that's that's how I feel about it. I definitely agree that when we look at it head on, I don't know, like growing up, I didn't really think about it like that. It was just kind of like, yeah, you're Latino, you're Hispanic, you're whatever, you know, your parents are immigrants from Mexico, that's what you are. But I don't know, recently, it's also kind of been a bit of a journey. And I'm still trying to figure it out because it is a super diverse group that you're talking about when you say Latino, Latinx. And these people all have different like paths in life different ancestry different everything so just trying to say oh yeah latino but what do you really mean by latino because latino Mm -hmm. yeah sure we can say we're latino but we don't really share a lot of uh a lot of the same life experiences like things like that so it's it's really hard so i agree with that yeah definitely i'm agreeing with what everyone's saying um i see Latina, Latino, Latinx as like an umbrella analogy where it's very vague. You know, if someone comes up to me, they're like, oh, yeah, like I'm Latino. It's like, oh, well, like, where are you from? You know, what what are your roots? Like, what's your ethnicity? Because we are all very different. So seeing that as the umbrella, but not the end all, like you are not just Latina, Latino. There is a lot of other things to you. And you do kind of have to specify those things once you state which section of Latinx you fall under. And kind of with what you were saying, Ali, when you said the term Hispanic, like you would go with it. Um, I remember like coming here from Peru and like suddenly being called Hispanic and I was like, what's a Hispanic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that? That doesn't exist in Peru. And like, so, but how, you know, like you were saying, like it was a good term to homogenize like everybody under like one, like under one label, but like, the names that we kind of give ourselves like Latinx or Latina or Latino is kind of us taking that back while still putting ourselves under an umbrella if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like giving it our own name not one that was given by others well then I have a question so how would you then like the difference between Latino and Hispanic because I feel like sometimes people especially when they're not from the community Mm -hmm. they just use it interchangeably and then there are people who are like no like Latino is this and Hispanic Uh is this and when there's people that might maybe fit into both of those groups it's easy to use it interchangeably or people who don't fit into one of those groups like for example like the Hispanic you know, how would maybe people navigate around that, you know, the mm, difference the between terms, that? Like, yeah. 
Yeah, those are, that's a really interesting point, you know, especially because terminology, terminology with Latinidad is like a recently, it's being contested in, a num- in numerous ways, right? Like, mm-hmm. what terms do we have for each other? How do we articulate these terms for one another? Um, traditionally, Hispanic has been told of us as like, oh, those of Hispanic origin or Spain, directly from Spain and descended from Spain. It's also a term that was constructed by the U.S. government to just simply, like, name us, right? Like, in the census, like, hey, I guess y'all are from Spain, so here you go. And and that was a term that was really, like, challenged in the Chicano civil rights movement, and the civil rights era, but, like, we are not from Spain. And so you even have parents, like, my parents are still, like, even though my dad is, his mom is Afro-Hondureña, she would look black, you know, here in the States as, like, African-American. He claims a lineage to Spain more than anything else, right? The same with my mom. Even though you, you look at her, you're like, you're probably, like, mad indigenous looking. <laughs> and But she's like, oh, but my family came from Spain. So why are those narratives so, like, solid within that community, right? Within that generation. And that's because that's what's been told to them, right? And so I think youth now, like... I still consider myself as late youth, <laughs> like a like a late young adult. Holding on to it, yeah. But we've like really const- like like challenged that, and I think your generation specifically is even is asking even more questions now. So so because there's power in names, right? Definitely. Mm. Yeah. So going off on that, what do y'all identify as? <laughs> Definitely for now (laughs) Latina but it's like I said before it's a journey because Mm -hmm. now like I um, you know Mari we're both part of Cultural Envoy and I've had the privilege to be able to dance along some native dancers as well people who come from Navajo backgrounds and just learn just seeing them and how they are so proud of their indigenous roots and it's something that they practice every day and I always wondered when I was little, like, you know, Dia de los Muertos in Mexico. That's not very, like, Christian-like. I would see the celebration. I would see, you know, the flower, the name of the flower itself. Mm-hmm. It's not at all, like, Spanish. It's indigenous, you know, the words that we use. So I'm also kind of, like, on a journey. I'm, I probably would never claim an indigenous identity because the struggles that I faced were because of... More of a Latinidad, sort of. Like an intermixture of, like, the yeah. culture. Mm-hmm. I get you. Yeah, but it's also kind of like, I'm not going to ignore that part, mm-hmm. that I do have indigenous ancestry. Yeah. So, yeah. I would say for me, definitely Afro-Latina. It took me years to really understand, like, what that meant, because the only time I ever saw black people that had Latin roots were Dominicans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are so many other countries, and even within Mexico, you know, there's people that have darker skin than me. And I don't know if they even claim Afro-Latino, Afro-Latinx, Afro-Latina. So when people, sorry, this is kind of going to the second part of the question, Maria, but like when people look at me, they just see a black woman, you know, mm. black woman in America. And I felt like I had to fight for that title, you know, like, yes, you see my curly hair, you see me, I'm an Afro-Latina, but they don't see like, the Lat- I don't have a lot of Latinx features within me, so it's not easy to identify. So that's something that I'm still struggling with and still fighting to have that title for myself and have to teach people what it means. I love that. It's like, because white supremacy in its own definition is like, it seeks to categorize and labelize in the most simplest way. 
So you're you're asking us to like not you but like the powers right, that right. be yeah. Powers yeah the powers of you know society are asking us to simplify humanity mm-hmm. a really complex thing in the mm-hmm. most simplest way right and and I think that's how like so like for me personally I'm a little bit older a little bit and, <laughs> and, and I and I've had a lot of time to like really dive into my identity and like find ways to articulate that and have been disappointed and have failed and disappointed again and have succeeded in some ways, right? Like it's, I don't know, it's compl- it's complicated. But I see myself as um, like an Andean New Yorkino from La Ceiba who's struggling to make room here in Utah. And that's like, because like when, if I really could use that as my term, that's my term, right? Because <laughs> like it tries to capture like my mom is from you know, the Otovalo lands of Ecuador. And my dad is from the Garifuna coast of Honduras. And I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and now I live here in Utah, where I'm often thought of as like mostly Mexican most of the time, right? <laughs> They're like, oh, like, where are you from? But I think that's the beauty of trying to recapture roots, even when those roots are super messy. It's a journey, it's a lifelong journey. I have kids who are from a Dominican mom and that complicates it even further. And so, like, you have to ask questions like, does that mean I hyphenate? I keep hyphenating our identities? <laughs> like, oh, so my kids are half Dominican, half Ecuadorian, a quarter this, a quarter. Like, uh-huh. how long do we keep doing that for, right? Yeah. You know, as we get more mixed and mixed. I don't know. Those are, not, those, are, those are not easy answers. I wanted to add to, you know, people assuming that you're Mexican. Yeah. I feel like this is a nationwide ignorance that mm-hmm. if they see you with Latinx features, they assume that you're Mexican. And I know even in Utah, I have friends and we're going on, they start speaking to them in like this Mexican slang and they're like, no, I'm, I don't identify as Mexican. And they're, yeah, like, yeah. they're like, really? Like they're very surprised. And that's probably because of the media, you know, mass yeah. media, that's what it intends to categorize everybody as one thing. And with border issues and stuff like that, it's it's easier for them just to like push that out to us. But I see a lot of people fighting for that, too, trying to be like, no, I'm yeah. this. And, and it's not like there's anything bad in being labeled as that. It's like, yo, Mexican culture is beautiful. And the, the diversity of Mexican culture is about as diverse as anything else. Like the ignorance, like how you right. were saying, Destiny, mm-hmm. yeah. of putting every single Latina, Latinx, Chicana, Chicano, whatever term they use to label themselves, putting each of them under one single country of origin mm-hmm. yeah and i kind of agree i agree with what you were saying like i am growing up like I, there was even times where like i wasn't asked where i was from i was asked like what part of mexico are you from mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> i was just like like yo like i'm not even from mexico <laughs> yeah i'm from peru but it's like beyond like mexico like many people don't see like beyond that mm. um and that's something like as like as Latina, Latino, Latinx individuals, we are so diverse, not only racially, but we're diverse, like, country-wise. Like, we have people from, like, yes, Spain. Like, I have a couple of friends from Spain. And also, like, how, you know, like, you are partly from Ecuador? Well, my mom's from Ecuador. That's from Honduras. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, and then I'm from Peru. And then, like, even in this very room, we have so much diversity of, yeah. like, where we're from. But, yeah, like, we are in very diverse community in many ways. How do others identify you? I think we kind of, like, mentioned that, yeah. Like, it's like, there's, like, this attempt to, like, racialize all of us into mm-hmm. one group that that's most, like, proximity-wise is close to, like, the U.S., right? Mexico. 
Um, but it's not just that. It's also the criminalization of Mexico and Mexican-Americans living in the U.S. It's like an easy target, right, mm-hmm. to say, point to that and be like, that's where all the problems come from. Mm-hmm. And then label everybody from, you know, Latin America, like the global south, to that identity. So it's just like an easy thing for white supremacy to pick up and weaponize against anybody. Okay. At least that's my thought. Yeah. For me, with what others identify me as, I'm going to kind of take a dab at this through my own family because going to Peru when I visit my family there, like, because I have grown up most of my time, like, here in the U.S., like, they no longer see me as Latina. Like, they Mm. have a struggle with that. So they tend to identify me as, like, American or, like, United States, like, Ciudadana de los Estados Unidos. But... Here in the U.S., I am identified by a lot of people as Latina. Like, it's almost like a tug of war kind of thing. Because going to Peru, like, I am not Peruana. Like, at least mm-hmm. not in the way that they see it, most of them. But yeah, here in the U.S., like, even in other previous jobs, like, they do not fully see me as being from here either. Like, they just see me as coming from Peru or, like, Latina. So it's like, I don't know, like, just being in this liminal state. So mm-hmm. no, yeah, I definitely feel that like ni de aquí ni de allá. Yeah. Yeah. So it's <laughs> growing up. Oh my gosh, I have always been proud of my Mexican roots, and my mom, she is also kind of like lighter skin, colored eyes. Her hair is also lighter, but that never really affected me as much until I really got into like high school, and I feel it now that I'm noticing it in college. It's really, I mean, it's not starting to take a toll on me, but now I do get annoyed because, you know, both of my parents are immigrants from Mexico. Kind of like, I guess you could say the stereotypical immigrant story, I guess. They achieved the American dream, they got here, they work, and I'm here going to school. So I guess in the eyes of some, an, someone who's not part of the community, I am the typical Mexican, yet people still don't see me as that because of my appearance. And mm-hmm. it's gotten really bad sometimes to struggle with, even with my parents. At home, I tell my mom, like, hey, you know, like, we're doing this event. I'm super proud because I'm Mexicana and everything. And she would even go, it's like, you're not Mexicana. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, no, you, you're American. Like, you were born here. You're like, you do all this. And I'm like... Well, if you put me in a room with white people, I still won't be. You know, like, even though I look like them, you put me in a room with white people, I'm not going to 100% relate. I'm not going to 100% get along as well as I do with other Mexican brothers and sisters or just, like, other Latino people, Latinx people in general. So it's, it's really a struggle because people identify me as... American, or when I say, yeah, I'm Mexican, they say, oh, then you must have some, like, European. You must be, like, you must have a lot of European. And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's really deep, too. Like, especially when you get into family. I remember asking my aunts and cousins and even grandparents, like, hey, do we know even, like, what tribe we're connected to? You know, like Huastecos, Los Mayans, you know, any of those groups and automatically complete total like... Like a shutdown? Yeah, total shutdown of like, no, we are, we come from this freaking king or whatever, like this prince of Spain. (laughs) And it's like, 
you do not look like you're <laughs> let's start right there like no like i know it's not true and that's by design right mm-hmm. like that's a that's a colonial design to remove what was before so that you can project the nation state so like whether it be mexico or like the u.s right because like there is an obsession with borders and geography in latin america at times mm-hmm. like even when i go deaf back down there Oh, tú eres gringo. Like you're the, you're the you're the you're the American cousin. I'm like I don't feel very American. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know. But y'all make <laughs> me feel this way though. <laughs> and it's complicated because only American and South America, Central America. Yeah, I mean I guess it's all the Americas, right? Like, but like it's it's a, it's by design, right? Like, you know, you look at what happened to European peoples themselves. You know, when Rome came over and conquered all these indigenous tribes, Celts, Picts, you know, Germanic peoples, and they removed their identities to create these, like, other identities, like Germany, England. And the same project happened in Latin America to remove the past to, or to articulate a new future that is no longer from rooted in that, in that groundedness with land, mm-hmm. you know, history, things like that. So it's by design, a lot of these things. No, but you know what's also interesting is that even when that happens there's still but you really ask you say okay but look at how you look you know Mm -hmm. you can we have indigenous roots why are you trying to erase that automatically i hear things like no you know we're mestizos you know like we're a mix we're we're a mix it's equal we speak spanish but we celebrate this or we do this and we have celebrations that are also indigenous but in reality it really isn't equal Mm. because if it was equal then we would be learning indigenous languages or we would really have instead of only one count of a person from spain look uh recounting what he saw when he came to these lands and saying oh they were doing sacrifices they were doing this we saved them instead of hearing that point of view in schools you would hear a lot of other other points points of of views yeah yeah. yeah. Going off, actually, about what you said, Ali, um, how people, when they think of a Latina or Latino or Latinx, like, they have, like, they have, like, this ideal look in there, like, what they think a Latina or Latino or Latinx individual looks like. And a lot of it can be attributed to, like, Hollywood, like, how they have portrayed Latinas and Latinos and Latinx individuals. But what do y'all think is the ideal look in people's eyes here in Utah when they think about, like... Latinos and Latinos and Latinx. Mm, I think, yeah, there's like a racialized aspect to that, right? There's the labor Latino, and then there's like the high-profile media Latina that you get, or Latino, Latina, whatever you get. Like, you can probably, and Destiny's right, like, you, you know, someone could look at her, but never associate that with her here in Utah, because that community is not strong mm-hmm. here. Like, the Afro-Latina like community is not as like New York, right, or Florida, you know, and some of these places. But, um, but like, because I remember, like, my wife, like, my wife is, you know, she's half black, half white, but where she grew up in Cedar Stack, southern Utah, she associated, like, Latino or Mexican with, like, darker skin because they were, like, the laborers, mm-hmm. right? But within other places or spaces of Utah, Latina or Latino m- might be associated with, like, a really light-skinned, white-appearing, you know individual that's oftentimes seen in like telenovelas although that's mm-hmm. being challenged very slowly but that was the narrative like even like my mom has watched those and that was and like anytime you there was they were depicting like an indigenous person or an afro-latina they were like the servants or like 
you know, like yeah. really scrabby looking. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, why do we why do we have to depict people this way? But that's by design. Like that's a colonial endeavor to erase people and somehow fit them into categories. And so you in Utah specifically, that is the association because Utah is obviously like has history with Mexico, Treaty of Hidalgo, mm-hmm. and also of, of what, you know, that presence has been like over here. And so I think colorism, though, is still a reality within our communities. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, again, you look like some you look at someone like Destiny, who is Afro-Latina, and you'll have folks speaking, you know, Spanish in front of her, possibly not knowing that she could probably understand or not knowing that she associates with that. You know, same for you. Like, you're like, you know, like light skin, but people may not associate that. Right. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. so it's really weird how these things happen. Like, yeah. It's not weird. It's 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 manipulated by history. It's manipulated by social and political forces, but it's all by design. Like there's an intention behind it systemically. I don't know if that makes sense. So yeah, it's like the people within the same like ethnic group, like all of us from Latina or Latinx like community, like like how Tina was saying, Destiny and Ali, like you guys could pro- are probably treated differently from the community because of the cultural meanings like attached to skin color or appearance. Mm. As we've said so many times already, like we are a very diverse community. We come from all different like shades, sizes. And that's not it's not to say that there is still problems in Latin America. Like in Brazil, police brutality exists amongst black populations like crazy. Mm-hmm. And but people when they see Brazilians here, because there is a large Brazilian diaspora, they mostly see white Brazilians. They don't see black Brazilians. Mm-hmm. I have yet to see a black Brazilian here. Yeah. Yeah, and yet it's a strong community here. And so that makes me wonder, Venezuela's another, right? Like, you see a lot of white Venezuelans, but you don't see, like, the black and and uh, indigenous Venezuelans, which make up almost 70% of the commun- of the population there. I'm saying for Brazil. Huge mm-hmm. demographic, but you don't see them here. So the question becomes, like, why? Is it mostly wealthy folks who are coming through, wealthy white, you know, Brazilians coming through? And what's the reason for that and so forth? Like... Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of realities and messiness to that. I feel like there's a fight, obviously, with Caucasian white people. They don't know how to identify us because between our own communities, we are fighting for labels ourselves. And, you know, with me, since I come with some multiple different backgrounds, like Afro-Latina is just one hyphen, right? And then I'm like, then I have my Asian roots, and I'm like, Blasian. You know, I'm putting black in front of everything because my skin tone is black. But... I've had discussions with like friends in the past who either were born in Mexico or um, Chicano, Chicano, and it's like it's hard when it's your own identity because it's, it's yours. Like you get to decide based off your lived experiences and um, the culture that you grew up in. Like you feel like you're tied to a certain name based off like what based off your upbringing. Um, but with them, it's a little different because you know if they come from Mexico and they are trying to get their green card, they have so much more struggles that they face. So they want to hold on to those labels because it defines mm-hmm. them more. So it's kind of hard when I'm like, well, I want to. I don't just say I'm Mexican because I feel like that's incorrect. But I would like to say I do have Mexican roots. You know, I am part Mexican. My mom grew up teaching me that, which I think is funny, right? Because Ali, mm-hmm. you, they're telling you you're American, and for me, I was like, I don't want to put that name at all. I don't feel like American to me is like waving the American flag and you know and all these things justice and I'm like this American to me is protesting and BLM that's what the America I see and so it's like having these conversations with people in our community and understanding I respect you I respect your labels can you respect my identity as well mm-hmm. and can we be fluid with how we're all trying to understand this um, but still having that level of respect for each other 
So Dino had to step out for this the rest of this episode. He had some personal um, things he needed to attend to. But continuing what we were talking about, mm-hmm. um, as you guys were mentioning, um, Afro-Latina and like with Destiny Afro-Latina and then with Ali, like I guess you would be able to say like white passing almost. Like yeah, Latina. I am white passing, yeah. Um, have you ever felt like not mm-hmm. Latina or not Latino or la- not, not Latinx enough? In certain like situations, like have you ever felt like you weren't Latina or Latino or Latinx enough? Definitely. Um, I grew up in San Diego, which is a very hot spot for a lot of Latinos in general, but primarily Mexicanos. So my side of my family, they were from like a city called Chihuahua, and I feel like majority is like lighter skin. At least my grandpa has white skin and green eyes, and my mom inherited those traits. I didn't get any of those pictures. (laughs) (laughs) My dad's jeans took over. (laughs) Being at the, like, parties, the quinceañeras, the carnesadas, you know, I definitely saw, like, wow, all of my family have white skin, but they're, like, proud to be Mexican, and I'm over here, like, darker than everybody else. And I tried my... I'm not fluent in Spanish, but my mom had tried, my tias had taught us things here and there but we never ended up becoming fluent and so I'm also like lacking in that way too so I don't understand Spanish 100% I I see my family and they make me feel a certain way like that Mm. either they're better or I'm other you know Mm -hmm. like oh yeah like your familia but like when we want you to be and even with the quince that was like such a hard thing for me to decide if I wanted to do because Mm -hmm. I'm like I'm in all these quinces you know I know all these songs and all these dances but like is there going to be a controversy you know like is it because I'm not Catholic you know I'm not in the Catholic church that Mm -hmm. oh yeah you shouldn't even be having one so there's been so many instances within my own family that I've been battling that identity and then of course with other Latinas, Latinos, Latinx, you know, people that will already try to like push on me. Oh, no, no, you're not because you don't do this or you don't look like this or, you know, you don't listen to this music. I don't know, whatever (laughs) their perception of what a Latina should look like. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. I have gone through many instances where it's just it's it's kind of like a, a push and pull, especially with family. Sometimes mm-hmm. your family's like, oh, yeah, 100%. We're Mexican. Yeah, like, we're so proud. And then other times it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're American. You need to <laughs> slow down. Like, what are you saying? It's honestly really, it's really sad because it's almost like I have to prove myself, especially to, like, strangers. Like, um, here and on campus, when I hang out in the Multicultural Student Services, like, in the Multicultural Center, I sit down there, there's people speaking Spanish, they're from Mexico too, I'm like, hey, like, what's up, you know, I speak Spanish, and they're like, whoa, you speak Spanish? And it's like, (laughs) yeah, and they're like, how, like, did you go on a mission or something, or did you, like, learn it? And I'm like, no, my parents are Mexican. The Utah response. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) it's taking over, and it's so annoying, but it's it's just like, I I have to prove myself that I am Mexican by explaining that my parents are immigrants. And that is the most annoying thing because honestly, I would not claim an identity. I don't think people- You need to fight for their identity. Yeah, you fight for your identity. And if you claim an identity, then you also take with it the struggles. So it's not just, I will claim to be Latina when it's convenient. It's, It's like, you know what? I am Latina because you know, I feel this, you know, I have carnesadas, I have quinceañeras, or I am Latina because 
I've had to struggle with translating papers for my parents when they came here barely or just things like that mm -hmm. that also make make it part of the culture. It's not really just labels and ancestry. It's also, you know, the things that you face day to day. And that's kind of something else that I want to emphasize. And for people who are also looking for their identity, who are also finding their identities, it's also like also know that when you claim an identity, especially if it's maybe something that you're finding barely, it's also kind of like know that it's also some of the struggles that you face with it that come with the mm -hmm. identity. And yeah, it's important. like people are trying to shove all the struggles that you have to face like under the rug mm -hmm. based on your appearance. Yeah. Yes, definitely. They're like, oh, you, you didn't have to go through that because you look yeah. like that. And it's like, no. And I feel like at times, like, it could get even harder because not only do you have to go through those experiences, but it's like you don't get any solidarity for it. I think it's crazy. Somewhere between Ali's skin tone and my skin tone, there's, like, this mis like misconception of what, like, a Latina looks like. Mm -hmm when you've had a completely different experience than I have, yet we're, like, still, like, fighting for something, even yeah. though you're, like, your roots are way closer than mine. So I feel like for people who have gotten to this, this point in the podcast, like, understanding that assuming and recognizing your biases is so important because it can make or break someone's, like, identity or, like, a, they will have an identity crisis within themselves. If you see someone speaking Spanish, they have lighter skin, don't assume. Ask. Yeah. Yeah. Ask them, you know, why oh, are you speaking Spanish? You're so fluent. Where are you from? Not, oh, are you this? Never assume. Always or ask. Even like when they tell you like that they're this identity, like like if somebody were to tell you that they are from Mexico or they're from like Panama or like Ecuador or just any Latinx like origin like mm -hmm. don't like debunk them don't challenge them don't yeah. be like are you really like no you're not mm -hmm. because that is in a form and that's like that is an ignorant form of attacking someone's identity and they nobody needs to have to defend themselves like how Ali was saying like no one should have to fight for their identity no one needs to prove who they are when it's already a part of them, when the roots of who they are are already in their blood. No, yeah, and that also, sorry, that also kind of goes to the, like, erasure. So if you have to fight for your identity and someone, let's say you present your identity to someone, you say, like, I say, I'm Mexican, they're like, oh... Like, remember when we were at a school event, Mari? You were standing right behind me. We were in line to <laughs> yeah. get food. And Mari and I, we were speaking Spanish. We were just talking, gossiping, whatever. Chisme, puro chisme. And <laughs> then, under the bus. <laughs> yeah, we were, <laughs> puro chisme, as we do. And so we were just having fun. We were talking. And a lady behind us, she says, whoa. You all are you so fluent in Spanish. Like, where are you from? And Mari was like, oh, you know, like, she was explaining, like, yeah, my parents from Peru, you know. And I was like, yeah, my parents are from Mexico. I speak Spanish. And then after I told the lady that, she was like, oh, but you must have more European roots. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, stayed quiet, of course, because... I don't really yeah. attack people that I don't know in public. And it's also, it's just like, but that's also goes to the erasure. Uh -huh. It's like, no, I am Mexican. Like, I have gone through these experiences, but just because I look a certain way, you're going to totally disregard that mm -hmm. so I can fit your narrative. And that is dangerous. Yeah. That's dangerous. I, I remember, and I've spent a lot of time with both of you guys. 
And I have seen it, like, I have witnessed it myself when I am, for example, when I'm with you, Ali. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can't even, like, I have lost track of the number of times people <laughs> are like, you're Latina, no way. Uh-huh. Or, like, they question you. Like, I have been there and I can sense the feeling of unease and how all of a sudden, like, the space that we were in has suddenly become an unsafe space because yeah. of the questions that are in a way attacking like you for no reason and even with like you destiny like spending time like with you and like also like uh when people find out that you're latina they're like no way there's no way that she's latina it's like oh yeah she is and it's like having to fend for those titles to be able to build solidarity like to build unity within our own community we need to stop having to make others fight for who they are because we come from varying like backgrounds and cultures like even within our own latinx community we have different cultures um and different ways that we celebrate things different ways that we live so to be able to build like unity within our own community stop challenging people like stop making them like fight or prove to you who they are like nobody needs to do that whoever's listening like if someone were to ask you like who are you or like where are you from and they challenge you like to prove to them like no like there's no way you gotta show me like how are you like this you wouldn't like like that it would become a very unsafe space and what we want is to create a safe space for all latinx individuals no matter where they're from no matter what racial background they come from like everyone deserves to have a safe space in this community (laughs) <laughs> I would I would say too like learning looking at the person right for your situation you didn't know the person so based off of your like emotional bandwidth that day you could have tried to educate them but I would say only step into that position of needing to educate if they're trying to hear you they could be listening 100%. but are they trying to hear you and actually implement those into their life because I've had you know conversations with friends in my past or just people and I will explain oh yeah like this is where I'm from and then there is still like that combativeness. And so then I'm like, oh, this person's not trying to hear me. Therefore, I'm going to step back mm-hmm. and leave the situation, you mm-hmm. know, because why am I pouring all this energy into something, into somebody yeah. who's not giving willing you, to receive this? Giving you a dead wall. Yeah, exactly. So definitely, you know, you using discernment to figure out, is this person in a state for me to explain this to them? And they're willing to implement these new practices into their life. Yeah. Talking about, like, how Destiny, you were saying... Um, like this intermixture of like where we're from and where we are now, like where we're, most of us, not everybody, like people come to the U.S. at different ages. Mm-hmm. Um, some people were raised in the U.S. but born somewhere else. But a lot of that influences like this idea of having a pure identity. And I do not believe, I mean, this is purely an opinion. Everybody is entitled to their own opinion. But in the U.S., I do not believe there is a single Latinx individual within the U.S. that can claim a pure identity, fully one thing. No matter how old they were when they came to the U.S., like, eventually, like, even in the U.S., we have a lot of Western influences. That also, like, combines with our identity of Latinx. So we carry, like, the Western culture. Like, we carry, like, their, like, influences, the style of clothing, like... Mm -hmm the slang the music taste like the music artists all of that is like influenced into our own identity so it's like all of us carry borders within ourselves we all have like different fractions of ourselves and different like we're not fully one thing like like destiny like how you said like i can't claim fully black but i can't claim fully latina Mm -hmm. but most of us like we can split our like identity into so many ways 
And that's the thing, like, we can't categorize ourselves. We can't put ourselves into one box. There is no real, like, thing as a pure identity being purely one thing. But, again, everybody has their own, like, thoughts on that. And for those who are listening to this, maybe maybe some people listening to this are very like, no, like, I am purely Latina mm-hmm. or Latino or Latinx. Mm-hmm. And go right on, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, what I'm saying is, like, not only do we carry, like, the Latinx cultural influences, but we also carry the Western influences. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing to have, carry, like, two cultures within ourselves to represent two communities wherever we go. So I think cultural or Western influences can be a good thing or a bad thing because I think sometimes it does rob from your original roots. Um, and I think at Tino, I mentioned this earlier with like colonization and like trying to decolonize our minds. We're, we're adapting to the world around us. And whether that's like with Hollywood, fashion, music, media, like all of those play a big part into kind of washing away who we are at our roots. And so I even have to check myself sometimes, like, am I, am I choosing this style? Am I wearing this? Because it's something that I truly, like, feel like resonates with me and who I am. Or is it the outside and all these ads, you know, mm-hmm. like, catering to me or constantly just showing me this, like, on my social medias. So I do feel like there are pros and cons to it. But maybe some people would disagree about mm-hmm. that because they've only grown up in one culture. Like, I can't even say that because I have a lot of different ones. And I'm learning to embrace, like, all these different ethnic backgrounds. Like, I think they're so beautiful. But for other people, they feel more comfortable because it's safe to just say, I am Mexican. I am Puerto Rican. I am Peruvian. You know, it's safe to say, I am this, and I know all of these traditions and, like, cultural practices within this place versus all these other ones that they may not know, like, indigenous roots. Like, I can even tell you, like, what tribe, like, my Mexican roots go back to mm-hmm. either because my family also had that, like, internalized... Um, racism where they wanted to push that out they didn't want to implement that no yeah definitely I feel like I'm starting to realize that within myself too about claiming a peer identity because I don't know like I would look at it from kind of like a factual perspective not really I guess how I felt I would say you know what I'm Mexican you know a plus B equals C. My parents are both Mexican. <laughs> Doing Therefore, all equations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Therefore, I am Mexican. My grandparents, great-grandparents, all of that. The only thing that's not Mexican about me is my birth certificate where I was born. Mm. But there's so much more to that. And that's what I'm realizing, too. It's like, we are here in the United States, and we cannot ignore the fact that there is Western media and Western influences 24-7. Even in our home countries as well, where like fashion trends, they're influenced by what we see on TikTok, on media, the Kardashians, what they're doing, like all of these, all of these influences. Not Kim Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, like Western culture. And it's really taking a toll. It's, it really is. And we can't ignore that. And I realize that as well, that, like I said earlier, if you put me into a room of just white people, I probably wouldn't get along or I probably wouldn't be able to relate. But if you also put me in a room of people directly from Mexico who only speak Spanish, who only know about Mexican culture, I probably wouldn't be able to hold up a good conversation with them either. So it's good to also acknowledge that there is like a mix. And of course, it's good to also be responsible about it and not say that one is better than the other, but to just say, hey, 
I notice that I am pushing this part of my identity away and that it's time to address it and, you know, make a better situation out of it. <laughs> Just learn from I it. I love that. I love that. So now that we're nearing the end of the episode, um, what advice would you give another Latinx individual who's in the same shoes as you, like who is also white passing as you, Ali? I don't know if, like, if that's an okay term to mm-hmm. use. Yeah. Um, or who's also Afro-Latina like you, Destiny. Like, What advice would you give them in regards to identity? I would say first, find a sense of self. No, don't focus on the traditions and cultures of the other ethnicities that you have within first focus on yourself like become the best version of yourself you know the qualities within you and then start to see okay what are some things within my cultures that like I've lived I've resonated with and when you're confident in yourself you're going to be confident in your identity and people can try to tell you you're not this or are you sure yes I am you have this confidence you have this assurance of yourself it's going to be harder for people not to shake you so I feel like honestly starting with inner work and if you feel like you're lacking in some areas like I will say personally your girl's gonna learn Spanish <laughs> I'm gonna know 100% I don't care and, it, and right now I'm like I know like 25% Dominican Spanish I'm not even Dominican but I hang out I hang around a lot of Dominicans and I'm like but I want to make sure I understand more Mexicans like Mexican Spanish because that's where my family is so really investing your time too to learn more about it if it's if you've been kind of revoked from that too so still trying to be connected to your roots, but definitely do not let someone else dictate your identity. <laughs> <laughs> um, one piece of advice. Ooh, it's definitely like for people who maybe don't fit into the ideal image of their roots, definitely still be proud of it. And just if there's people that are always constantly asking you and questioning you, I'm not saying that's part of it, but you know what? Like, it's a beautiful thing to show the world that there is more than one ways to look Latino, to be Latino. Because at the end of the day, culture is what you eat. Culture is what you wear. Culture is what you speak. Culture is how you think. It's everything. It's not just purely appearance. So that's the biggest takeaway. Remember remember your roots and just be proud of it. That's awesome. And a follow-up question to that, like... How can how can others find solace like amidst these varying degrees of identity? Like from being like within our own community here, like having so many people from like different countries that still are under the umbrella term of Latina, you know, Latinx. From being being from different countries and different like ethnic backgrounds and racial backgrounds, um, how can others find like solid like find unity like within our community having all those backgrounds i think taking time to listen and understand each other you know and not feeling the need to give a solution or to give an opinion sometimes we just need to listen you know like listening to like if i'm here sitting and ali's spending two hours telling me about her experience i'm not trying to say well i think that happened because like my opinion does not matter (laughs) okay (laughs) just shut up and listen you know what i mean like sometimes you just need to listen we always feel like we have to give advice and give feedback and i don't know if that's just like the academia in us right Mm -hmm. we were like oh we need to answer we need we need to use our logic we need to tap into that but sometimes you just need to listen and understand okay that's how she grew up and then later on there is no there is no image that's the end like there's Mm -hmm. no image of a latina or latino like if you are you are you know and i think learning to embrace that within everybody and listen to everyone's stories that will create unity 
because then we're not fighting and arguing about this and that, especially on social media. Like, that's probably the worst place to try to, like, oh, yeah. s- you know. So if, all the haters come out. You know, <laughs> if, like, in the comment section, everyone's, like, and I see that a lot with different races because we're so quick to assume, like, oh, you can't say this, you can't do that because you're not this. And then people are, like, showing pictures of their family, you know, their parents yeah. trying to fight for this. And I'm, like, sometimes it's just, you just, it's not your battle they're going through something internally with their identity which makes them feel like they need to tell you how to be in your own so if someone feels like that they're probably struggling something themselves so that's my my two cents on it yeah definitely i agree like just also surround yourself more if you are looking kind of like trying to reconnect with your culture definitely hang out with people who are also reconnecting or just (laughs) diversify your life you know it's always beautiful diversity is beautiful and i found that that's kind of where you can find yourself too especially if you want to learn more about your culture just so that creates also more unity and of course you get to see the other points of views because every culture has their own issues it has things that they have to go through but it's it's a great way to know that we're all struggling mm-hmm. and we're all unified that way. And I love how you, like, you said that, like, surround yourself with people who are on the same page as you or who are trying to um, help, who are supportive of you finding your identity and figuring it out. Um, because as much as we want to say, like, the people around us don't influence us, like, we are all our own person, like, it's not true. Mm-hmm. The people around us have a very strong influence on us. So if we want to really feel supported for who we are and for who we're trying to uncover within ourselves, then surround, like we have to surround ourselves with people who are very supportive of that, who are even looking for their inner self too, who are figuring themselves out too, like within their own identity. Um, Because otherwise, like if you surround yourself with people who are questioning you or who always make you prove yourself all the time and are always making you be like oh like no no you're not fully latina you're not fully this they're not your people you're right they're not your people and you're gonna eventually carry those critical like they're not it's not even constructive feedback at all it's just it's just criticism like you're gonna be carrying that you're gonna internalize that if you surround yourself with those people eventually you will internalize their comments and it will make it so much harder for you to find yourself to find your latin roots like to understand like what that side of you um and that just goes with like creating a safe place for latinas latinos like latinx who are struggling with their latinx identity like like how destiny was saying listen to them just listen to people like you don't need to interrupt them you don't need to like unless they ask for it many times people just need to talk they just need to like let that let what's going on just let it out but unless like um someone asks you to give in like your two cents for their identity hold back on that don't challenge them and even like when somebody tells you that they're latina even if they don't look it maybe some way that we can create a safe place for like the whole community as a whole is that whenever you see that person do little things that really like show that you see that side of them in them let them know that you see that they are Latina, you, that they are Latina, that they are Latinx. Put biases aside of like how like we're talking like there's this ideal Latina look or Latino or Latinx look that has been constructed through the media. But take that, like put that aside, put that aside mm-hmm. and just acknowledge and let those people, let 
your friends like feel acknowledged for who they are and different things. You don't have to tell them right away. Like every single day you see them, you don't have to be like, like hola mexicana or like. You, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do that. <laughs> But different things that like lets them know that you see them. That's how we can create a safe place in this community. Definitely, I agree. We're a product of our environment, so keeping that in mind and not being ashamed of it too. Yeah, just make sure to create a nurturing environment for others, and just don't don't make it hostile. But making people prove themselves, or by you know always constantly questioning, because when you just accept it, when someone says, "Hey, I identify as this, I am Latina," then you know what? Yeah, you're Latina. You're Latina. No questions asked. Period. Like no questions <laughs> asked. Because as soon as you assume an identity like that, then you know what? I believe that you also assume the struggles that come with it. Because I struggle, and I know you struggle as well. So <laughs> let's get together and make life great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, that is a, that is a wrap for this episode. So thank you all so much for being a part of it. Um, but yeah, whoever's listening, like we'll see you next week for another episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Latinx of Utah Valley podcast. I will be back next week with a whole nother episode. But before ending this episode, I'd like to give a special thanks to our sound engineer, Meg McKellar, for making this show possible, as well as Kevin McLeod for the music.